0: Welcome back to part two of Pastor Tim's message, Life Management Skills for a Servant. From Luke chapter 12, verses 41 through 48. A steward is basically a manager. As such, principles of management often apply to God's stewards. You will hear Jesus share sharp words with his servants, his stewards who are lazy. But to you who are faithful and sensible, Jesus has great words of encouragement. Here's Pastor Tim.
1: Number four is the ability principle. The ability principle. The ability principle says a manager is entrusted with responsibility according to competence and performance. Now, you may, you may look at some other believers and say, well, I, I want their gifts I want to be blessed the way that they want to be blessed. I remember one time, Andy, Linda, when Brooks and Kim were here, they had gone to a funeral. And after leaving that funeral, which was just amazing. I mean, it was was a worship service. Glorified the Lord so much. And I remember Brooks said that he walked out and he told his wife, Kim, he said, when I die, I want a funeral like that. And she said, if you want a funeral like that, then you got to live a life like that. <laughs> you know, we, we want the blessings and we want the rewards. But the reality is, is that you need to be faithful. And there are some servants who are uber faithful. And there are some who just try to get by. When it comes to being blessed or being tr- entrusted... With more. Who do you think the master is going to give the extra to? Is he going to give it to this servant who only thinks about himself? Or is he going to give it to the one who delivers to him a great profit out of what he does? It's It's the ability principle. God gives you responsibilities as you are faithful. So as you are faithful with the small things... God will give you more things that you can do. Number five is the accountability principle. This is the one that we don't like very much. The accountability principle simply says a manager will be held accountable by the owner. You know, as, as far as what follows in our verses, a servant needs to know that he is going to be held accountable by the master. There's coming a day of reckoning for you. There is coming a day of reckoning. What will you answer the Lord when He asks about the things that He has entrusted to you? What will you answer the Lord when He asks for what you're really leaving behind? He is going to call you to account. And He's going to call me to account as well. Listen, these tenets, these principles... They are true in every scenario that you can imagine. Once you have those things down, there's a second thing I want you to see today. Not just the tenets of stewardship, I want you to see the traits of stewardship. Again, I would turn your attention back to verse number 42. In verse number 42, he says that there are two specific characteristics that Jesus uses to describe what a good steward really is. He says, who is... That faithful and wise steward. What are the great traits of stewardship? Number one is faithfulness. Is faithfulness? Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter four, verse number two. Moreover, it is required. Moreover, it is required that a steward be found faithful. Faithfulness, faithfulness, trustworthiness. As He delivers to you a task, what might that task be? Today, your task was come to church. Check. You did good. You know, you're here. What's next? Respond. What's going to be next? Take that from here to out there. What's going to be next? Listen, at every step of obedience, there's always going to be a next. There's something to do next. And if you're faithful now, you have the potential of being faithful next. But if you're not faithful in the small things, He's not going to give you the big things to be faithful over. Faithfulness. Second characteristic is wisdom. He says, a, why, a faithful and wise steward. A faithful and wise steward. We need wisdom. But not just any wisdom. He's not looking for somebody who simply has common sense. An unbeliever has common sense. We don't need earthly wisdom. We need godly wisdom. And the Bible speaks about both of those things. Earthly wisdom leads to no results. Earthly wisdom Leads, the Bible says, to death. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its way ends in death. And then there's godly wisdom being able to see life from God's perspective, to know what He wants you to do, to know who you are in Him, to know what it is that's coming next. It takes wisdom, and how do you get it? How does any child of God in this room receive God's wisdom? The Bible says that you ask for it. You ask Him for wisdom. And the Bible says that He gives to every one of you liberally. He lavishes it out on you. He pours it out on you. As long as you believe and don't doubt. Those are the traits of stewardship. Do you have them? Do you have them? You can have them. All you got to do is ask. Ask. All you got to do is act, and those things will be yours. Now listen, in this passage, and we haven't even gotten to really the bulk of this, I'm going to have to hurry a little bit, aren't I? As we go through this passage, what we discover is most of the stewards, most of the servants that we read about in the rest of these verses are neither faithful nor wise. In fact, look at some of these that we meet. We first of all meet the foolish servant. The foolish servant. Look, if you will, down to verse number 45. He says, if that servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming. <laughs> well, that's foolish. It's foolish to think that the master said he is coming. and We have to be ready. That's what that entire previous passage was about. That's what the whole parable was about. He is Coming, it is the fool who thinks God's not coming back. God's not going to hold me accountable. God's not going to treat me as a steward. Only a fool thinks those ways. And What is his reward? It is a mutilating slice. A mutilating slice for the foolish servant. He ridicules the reality of what his master has told him and then proceeds to do whatever it is that he wants to do. It says he begins to beat the men servants and beat the maid servants and to eat and drink and be drunk. But What happens when the master comes back on a time when he's not ready? You say, well, to say a mutilating slice, that sounds, that sounds brutal. Well, this is brutal. It says he will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the unbeliever's. You see, the fool, the Bible says, has said in his heart, there is no God. There's not a person in this room that I believe would really say there is no God and say it with their mouth. But there are plenty of church members who say it with their lives. They live as if there is no God. They live as if there is no accountability that they will ever be held to. Only a fool thinks that way. What happens to that fool? He gets cut in two. And treated like an unbeliever. There's a second servant that we meet in these passages. It's not really that he's foolish, it's that he's frivolous. He is a frivolous servant. We meet him in verse number 47. He says, and that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself nor do according to his will. That's the frivolous one. That's the one who knows what his master has said. He acknowledges what the master has said, but does nothing to prepare himself or to carry out his master's wishes. He is frivolous. He's not taking the orders of the master seriously. It's going to cost him. What's he going to cost him? Maximum stripes. Maximum stripes for the frivolous servant. The Bible says that he will get the maximum number of stripes with many stripes, Jesus said there in verse number 47. We get to verse number 48. We find one that's very similar to this one. I would call him the frolicking servant. The frolicking servant. He just, he just hops around not knowing anything that he's really supposed to do. Look at the frolicking servant. In verse number 48, he says this about him. He says, but he who did not know. In other words, he didn't know the master's will. He didn't know what the orders were. He didn't comprehend those things. But still, committed things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with just a few. This is one who doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing, and he just goes off in all kinds of directions. He's going to receive a minimal sentence. A minimal sentence for the frolicking servant. Now, that's still not to be regarded as small, is it? Any kind of sentence from the Lord is a bad one, but a minimal sentence for the one who doesn't know, a maximum sentence for the one who does know and simply goes his way. What we've missed in these three and a half verses has been the kind of servant that Jesus described in verse number 42, the one who is faithful. The one who is wise. Does Jesus not regard him at all? Is there there not such a thing? Of course there is such a thing. Go back with me to verse number 43. He said, Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. There is a massive supplement for the faithful servant. A massive supplement. He says, I will make you ruler over everything that he has. And listen, earlier when we were talking about that, that ability principle, it certainly comes into play here. You see, there is in life on earth and in life in heaven, a certain principle that... That guides responsibility. With high responsibility also comes high levels of freedom and high levels of accountability. If you have a low level of responsibility <laughs> you don't leave that guy alone to work, do you? He has a low area, or low level of freedom. He's watched. He's looked over. But he also kind of has a low accountability. The owner doesn't expect much from him. Doesn't hold him to the same kind of account that he holds to somebody that he's given a lot of responsibility to. Here's the problem in our culture. What we want is little to no responsibility. <laughs> we want this maximum level of freedom and we want a non-existent level of accountability. And it doesn't work that way. Sometimes we think it works that way in church. Because church work is about volunteers. Church work is about those who would say, yes, I will serve. I make a choice to serve. And what are the repercussions for the person who says, well, I'm not going to do that. I mean, it's not like they get kicked out. It's not like they get blackballed. A person could say, you know what? I'm a member of this church, but I've decided I'm not going to give anymore. And I've decided I'm not going to serve anymore. I've decided that I'm just going to come and watch and observe. I mean, I'll be glad to, be glad to offer some critical suggestions. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just here to be here. It's not a very good steward, is it? Can I remind you of this? You have been saved to serve. The Bible says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, lest anyone should boast. He says this For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which he has foreordained that we should walk in them. What does it mean? It means that I am saved. By grace, I am saved by the grace of God. I am saved through faith. It is, it, is, it is my faith that becomes the channel through which God's salvation flows to me. But we'd like to stop there. It doesn't stop there. It says that we are saved unto or for good works that we might serve. Servant? Are you wise? Servant? Are you faithful? Your rewards will be greater than you could ever imagine, if you are. Let me ask you to bow and pray with me. Father, I, I, I pray for myself, maybe on behalf of others who are believers. But I recognize and acknowledge today that the life that I live is not my own. I died in Christ. And the life that I now live, even in this flesh, is a life that You live through me. So Father, Father, I want to be a good servant. I want to be a good steward. I want to work the works of Him who sent me while it is day, knowing full well that the night is coming when I won't be able to work anymore. God, You have given me responsibility that I take seriously That I want to perform for your glory. Reward or no reward, obedience is enough for me. That you would be pleased is enough for me. Father, I pray for your other servants here serve you with that same kind of diligence that same kind of sincerity bless them bless them with more to do you said for everyone who is given even more gets given to them would you provide us with more more people To tell about Jesus, more people to invite to church, more people to make a a difference in, more people to be able to help, more people to be able to encourage, more people that we might simply testify to. Father, I pray for that servant that sits in one of these seats who is so weary. And so tired. They have served and served and served. And they don't know if they have anything else left to give. Remind them today that you are their power source and not their physical ability. That you are the one who gives life to their bones. And health to their very bodies. Father, reinvigorate them today, knowing that they serve the King. And Father, I pray for those that that just kind of want to sit it out and wait. Father, be gentle with them. Be faithful to them. Call unto them again. That they might hear your voice again. That they might serve you again. And make a difference in your kingdom. God bless this day by calling out your servants to yourself. That those who need a relationship with you would ask you into their heart today that those who need a place or a base of operations, that you would call them to this church today. Father, for those who are looking for a ministry, something that they can do, that your Spirit will empower them to do, Help them to be a clean vessel with which they might receive it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Stand with me, if you will, where you are. I want to wait down here. If you want to come, if you want to give your heart to Jesus, I'm glad for that. If you, want to, if you want to plant your life in our church, I'm glad to help you with that. If there's something specific you want to pray about, I'm glad to help you with that. But really, you can just come to the altar and take care of those things before the Lord. You ready? Let's be good stewards of this moment. Okay,
0: Sean. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at churchofficeatbrittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.